Happy Saturday, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode from the Crow's Nest. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and with me, of course, is Dr. Kevin Crow. So lots of crazy things going on here on the Oklahoma political landscape. Uh, last week, the uh, courts ruled in favor of the League of Women Voters uh, regarding absentee ballots being notarized. A federal judge said that we didn't have to have our absentee ballots notarized and could send them in. However, now there is Senate Bill 1779 that's trying to reverse the court's decision and make it legislative law to try to suppress the vote, basically, in my eyes. Well... The thing is, if they don't, if they don't, they just have to sign them, and there's no way to know on those. So, I mean, there should be some type of way of verifying. So I'll agree with that. I haven't looked at the Senate bill yet to see what their way of verifying it is, but there has to be a way of verifying. Um, but I don't think it was a federal judge. I think it was, it was the Oklahoma Supreme Court who shot it down. Uh, well, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're right on that. But here's the thing. When you're sending those absentee ballots, you, that's, that's when you make sure that you're sending them to the right person. You don't confirm that that's the person after the fact. Even though there's got to be some kind of control in place, I get that. But you could number your ballots or something else like that. But the confirmation of identity should happen before the ballot's even sent out. I'll have to look at the law, but like I said, there already is a way. I mean, I know people that use the the um, absentee already, and they haven't had a trouble with it right now. So I'll have to I'll have to see what the what the new plan is and what the old one was. But there has to be a way of confirming because except for just signature. Now there may be that they sign that they confirm ahead of time, but um, but the but there's always been some type of confirmation, and everybody that I know that's used an absentee ballot at least have told me they haven't had any trouble with it. So. I don't know, but like I said, but there has to be a way for for confirming those. And and I'm definitely big on confirmation because I think I've told you this. Even when I ran, we would go and we would knock doors, and there would be places that were listed where people had voted for the last you know 15 years, and nobody that the house doesn't even exist there. So that, so we do need a better way of of confirming if these people actually exist or not. I mean, I saw that in in my own race. Um, so and I agree so. with that, but we also need a way to encourage voter involvement rather than voter suppression. We need to try to make sure as many people have the opportunity to vote as they can, because isn't that what democracy is? Well, I agree on that, but you do have to have some leeway. I mean, in other words, you know, like things like same-day voting, things of that. I mean, there has to be some way, because voter fraud is real. I mean, it is certainly real and a problem. Um, and, and again, not just nationally in this state, I think it's a problem. So, you know, you, 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 you don't want to make it so onerous that no one can vote, but you do have to have it to where you can confirm that that person exists and that that's where they are. And there's ways of doing that. I mean, that aren't too you know, onerous on, on, on everything. When we have, we have driver's license, we have other types of IDs. I mean, there, there's ways of, of doing that. It's not like we're giving them a, um, you know, a, 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 like a poll tax or anything like that. I mean, you know, but, 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 but like I said, um, 
voter fraud is a problem for sure. Well, if voter fraud is so rampant here in Oklahoma and most of the voters here are Republican, I would think that that would be where the fraud lies. I mean, you're not going to have a bunch of people in this state pretending they're Democrats and and voting. Well, either way, no, I mean, look, fraud is fraud no matter who commits it. But like I said, but the laws have to be in such a way that we can confirm that that is the person. And remember, remember this, too. Even nowadays, if there is a if, – if a person is challenged, that vote still is not thrown out completely. It's put aside, and they come back to those. So that still exists even, even now. So even, even if you're challenged, you don't just say, well, I give up. I mean your vote still is put – it's put inside, and then, they can, and then they can confirm that still later. So there's ways of – of um, you know, if we want to get more voter participation in this state, I, I still think the best way to do this is to limit the number of days that we vote. We've talked about this before. I mean, there shouldn't be any more than four, and maybe no more than five for sure voting voting periods a year. Because now, when we have it, as we've said before, so many days and no notification that there's, you know, no way of knowing when there's a special election. Uh, or, well, there's ways of knowing, but it's so difficult. That's, that's what really suppresses the vote in this, in this, um, you know, that, that in, the, in this state. Because you can look at some of these special elections, you can look even at city council elections if they're at weird times, and see how low the voter turnout is. That's, that's a better way of getting more participation is, uh, and, and again, I understand why there's more than, you know, one or two voting ones, because um, if you have runoffs and all of that, but surely at maximum six, there shouldn't be any more than six voting days. And I would say more probably four or five would be better even. Well, and I think another way that voter suppression is systemic is the way that Indians aren't allowed to use their tribal IDs to vote. That's bogus. Those are issued by a sovereign nation, by our own governments. And there are controls in place to confirm identity there. And yet across the country, across Indian country, we are seeing this in greater numbers and states that can see where they can suppress the native vote. They're actively doing that. And right here in Oklahoma, we do have that issue of state entities not recognizing tribal IDs. Well, that might be a battle you might want to push. I mean, that 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 may be uh, that you know that that definitely might be a battle worth fighting. Well, and but but here's the thing: should that even be a battle, a necessary battle? There are so many other battles. Just like you said, if voter fraud is so rampant, that's a lot. But yet these these IDs, these tribal IDs, have your picture on them. Oh, and, and I'll tell you something else too. Some of the tribes are actually ahead with real IDs for their tribal IDs. So they can actually well, travel again, I, with their I, IDs. I, and again, like I said, that's, that's certainly a battle worth fighting. I mean, that's, that's something that needs to be brought out. I mean, it, itself, I mean, that, 
you know, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that's that that may be another form of ID if we if we and this is something that should be brought out with this with this Senate bill that's brought up right now. I mean, to contact the legislators who are sponsoring this and mention that, hey, add this to, you know, to this bill. It's going to be really interesting to see if this decision by the Oklahoma Supreme Court gets struck down. Well, it won't be struck down. What will happen is 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 there will be new legislation that preempts it. Does that make sense? That's, oh, yeah. that's the what the Senate bill will do. But isn't um, that so, just? I mean, why is that necessary? Why, why well, is it I, necessary seen, to do that? Well, it's necessary because if you if you strike this down, then you still open up the way for very little ways, very few ways of, of identifying people. In other words, you had a law in place. Once you've knocked that out, we can't say, well, we'll accept this, this, this. There's different ways of verifying. There won't be any way of verifying until you come up with a law that verifies. Does that make sense? In other words, once you've shot down a law, you don't just shoot down a certain provision of a law. The law itself is shot down. That's why you have to still have another law to replace it. There has to be some way of, of verifying. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is when you request but, but, your but absentee ballot, that's when they verify. But, that's right, but what I'm saying is is when you shoot this down, you've shot down even the, even, the, even the types of verification that you would accept. In other words, you've still got to come up with some way of You've got to come up with another law that verifies that that specifies how things are going to be verified. That's why I'm saying, and you know, you might what would probably be wise right now is for the tribes to contact the legislators in their area and say, "Hey, we want to include this form of identification as well." This would be a very good time for that, actually. Well, if it weren't COVID time. And there are a lot of tribal leaders who are wholly preoccupied with just trying to make sure that their folks eat. So this is a really weird election cycle. There is so much riding on this election cycle, and it's like none of the issues and none of the political platforms are even visible right now. That, well, and part of that is, you know, part of that, like you said, is the politicians. Part of it is the press because, like you said, they're for, they have this tunnel vision just on the on the on the COVID nineteen crisis right now, and they're ignoring other. Now, whether that's engineer, whether that's uh, intentional or not, that's a different side. It's probably both. Um, but um, but uh, but again, this, this is uh, this is the danger of having of having just this tunnel focused on this one thing because, as you said, there's a lot of stuff coming up in these election cycles right now. And so let's talk about what we can expect here in the Republican primary in June, because it seems like it's getting a little nasty. Dare I say I feel some kind of weird glitch in the Republican matrix here in Grady County. Well, the thing is, one of the things that this COVID-19 has done is basically it's, it's eliminated the ability to knock doors. And I know one candidate was was knocking doors quite a bit. I don't know about the other one, but it's it's basically hampered him. 
I know when I ran, that's what I did was knock doors. I mean, that's all I did. And, of course, again, I lost. I mean, I didn't put out the flyers like everybody else did, but I at least tried to knock doors. I even did something where I knocked doors with people who had Democrat signs who couldn't even vote for me, but I just thought it was, you know, I just thought it was right that if you're running for representative, you still have to knock the doors of people who aren't going to vote for you, you know, just, just so, you know, to introduce yourself. But this is, this is completely shut down now. Well, and me, I'm the kind of voter that come the general election, if the Democrat didn't come and knock on my door, but the Republican came and gave a clear presentation of their platform, and I thought that that person would be a good representative, I would have no issue voting for that person. I am not a a straight party ticket voter. What what I mean was is when I knocked doors by that time they couldn't have changed their their you know they wouldn't have been able to vote for me in the primary. Does that make sense? Oh I yeah. Was, but but still I, I you know I knocked every door. I didn't I didn't even though we had a sheet that listed where the Republicans were, we knocked every door. I mean we just, it was not the smartest way to to run. I'll give you that, but it was still something I think people should do. You know you should be if you're if you're running you know, to represent a certain area, then you need to know everybody in that area, even the ones that don't vote for you. Uh, you still got to know where they are. You still have to know what they're, you know, they, they may know of an issue that somebody else doesn't, you know, too. Uh, you can't be an expert in everything. Um, and that happened every once in a while. Somebody would bring something up uh, uh, that late, I hadn't thought of. Yeah. Later this week, we're going to talk to Mark Keeling, who is the head of the Tea Party here in Grady County. And uh, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of interesting ideas. Well, the interesting thing I think that you, that, you, that you, I mean that I think you're really going to like is there are several issues that you and he will have the same view on that, which is weird that that neither the Democrat or Republican Party will have the same view on. Um, I mean, he notices uh, you know one of the things is, is that you and he will both agree on big time is. You know, like cities, municipalities, if they if if it's if it's if the money is going to a special interest and not for just the, you know, the the general population, you you can't be doing that. And that is something that I think will will not will will that you and he would both back. Uh, that is, if it's going to be public funds, then it should benefit the public and not just small groups. I think so. And I think that's where a lot of the common ground with this show comes in. It's like, hey, we just want, I want my tax dollars to go to my community. That's right. Our roads are crap. (laughs) Our infrastructure is crap. (laughs) That's right. And we need, I want my taxes and my resources that I contribute to this city and to this county as its citizen. I want to make sure that we have good roads to travel on. I want well, to make sure our infrastructure is set and our water is good. Well, and that's that's his main that's his main point too. His main point is okay. Um, it's not necessarily anti-park, but his notion, or you know, or something like that. But his notion is before you have you know beautification, parks, whatever that infrastructure has to be first priority. Once you have that, then the people can, you know, then it's okay. Hey, let's decide if we want this, this, or this. But first, first, you've got to fix what is necessary first. 
And a lot of times you've seen this, uh, we'll have people that will spend money on non-necessary and we still have these necessary items that are not being addressed. And so fix the necessary first and then everybody can decide, hey, do you want this or that other, you know? Okay, I'm about to stir this pot because this is rapidly becoming one of my pet peeves and you know where my studio is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where is all of the, I mean, this town seems to pour a lot of money into this like downtown Chickasha area and yet where's it all going? Like we have trash line streets and it's very rare that you see any of the store owners have consistent hours? Well, and here's another thing, too. We can look at this from a number of areas. But even if you were to look when they talk about, okay, when they talk about, you know, um, economic development. Okay, there's two ways of looking at that. First of all, you can, you can ask yourself, why is that the government's business in the first place? In other words, that's something that maybe the business owners should do on their own. But even if you were going to say, well, government has a role in economic development, so, so let's say you, you believe that, then what you would do is, is you would look at where the natural development will take place. And if you know in Chickasha, the growth area or the area that's set up is, is if you look on um, Grand, well, basically, wait, if you were to look from, I'm getting this mixed up, um, but when you take that first exit coming from Oklahoma City, uh, when you turn off and go by where the, um, you know, the, the, the road, I guess it's still grand, but it's um, uh, where the sewage facility is, where the baseball park is, you uh-huh. know, that road. Where the sports okay. complex goes. Right. right. Yeah. When you turn in from there, um, from that first turn off, and you go all the way there, all the way and follow grand all the way to 29th, there's your natural growth area. That's where the population is you know, most of the population, you have two exits. Um, you know, that, that is the place where if, you, if, if, and again, I'm not saying that government's role should be development, but if it is, that's the natural development. It is not downtown, which floods and will always flood and doesn't have the parking space that these areas have, doesn't have the land that can be developed and everything. So again, you have two issues on this. One issue is, well, is is governments does government have a part to play in economic development so that's the first issue that we have to decide but even if you decide yes then you have to say well can you follow nature or not in other words do you spend money on developing a developing a place that has not worked for 20 years or do you put the resources where the natural development would occur so you know that's two separate arguments but on both cases it seems you know, it seems like we're propping up a dead horse. Um, well, and there's just not the traffic there. No. Th- that's, it's not, there's not even a natural way to, and I see what you're saying, just as flow. And yeah. there aren't even that many businesses that are open in downtown to make it viable to, for a visitor to even like, okay, well, I'm going to park on this block and I can walk up two blocks and cross over and walk all the way back and, you know, window shop and see a bunch of cool stuff. It's just not that way. No, no. And again, I'm not saying don't go downtown, but when you go downtown, you know, your plus for downtown is you can buy property cheaper, but it's a, it's a trade-off. The reason you buy it cheaper is, you know, it's going to flood. I mean, that's just the way it is. But that's, but that's, but again, that's buyer beware. I mean, you know, um, 
Same thing when you buy a house. I mean, some places houses are cheaper than others, but there's a reason for that. Um, and so, um, but to artificially to you know to when people buy downtown, they have to realize the reason you're buying cheaper is because you're going to have problems. It is not the government's role to fix up that place that you've bought cheaply. Um, in other words, I mean, you know, the, the, some, some other business person could have built in a place that doesn't flood. They had to do extra expense. Why should the government, why should the government artificially, you know, support a place where you've just bought cheap, you know, in other, in other words? I mean, you know, that was, that was the business, that's the business owner's decision on where they build. It, it's not right that one area should get subsidized and the other area doesn't get subsidized. First of all, we have to debate should either should any business be subsidized. But then once you've had that, if you say yes, then you've got it has to be equal at least. And that's what I say. It's like you can't just pick and choose which businesses you're going to subsidize because this is the good old boy system. Well, that's fascism. That's the definition. And I don't throw that word out lightly. I mean, fascism is the connection between public funds and and private, you know, used for private ends. And the problem with that is it's, well, who gets that public funds? Well, if it's public funds, it has to be distributed to everybody. You can't just distribute it to your, your old buddies, you know. <laughs> you can't do that. Um, well, <laughs> some people think they again, can. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, you know me, I'm not, I am not a purist saying that there's no place for public funds. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, Public funds have to be used for the general welfare, not the specific welfare. Like working on Fourth uh, Street or Choctaw or Grand, that's, that's for right. the public good. That's right. It has to be for the public good. It has to be evenly distributed. And, 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 and again, this is another problem, um, and this is something else that the Tea Party has brought up before, which always surprises people, but this is it. You know, in Chickasha we have at-large voting. So what that means is, is basically, let's say you're on the east side or you're on the north side or whatever. Well, everybody in the town gets to vote for who your representative is. And as you know, I mean, so certain areas of Chickasha decide who's going to represent. Now, again, the person who runs has to be from that area, but everybody in the town gets to vote for you. And so essentially what that means is, is people on the north side and on the east side, their representatives are elected by the town at large. So they don't really have a voice as much. Um, I mean, this is a problem, at-large voting, um, because, again, I mean, there are poor areas of the town who don't get as much of a voice. Well, and I think, too, that puts a hardship on the ward candidates as well because it's like, well, I can't just represent my ward. I have to go and talk and convince the entire town of Chickasha, not just these people, not just my neighbors. That's right. That's right. And remember, you're, what you're elected to is to represent your ward, but everybody's voting for you. So again, that's not right. That's not right. That would be like if we said, okay, well, you know, we're going to have a senatorial election uh, for Oklahoma's for the for for a senator in Oklahoma, and we let people from Texas vote on them. 
if we yeah. say, well, but it's fair because that Senate candidate has to be from Oklahoma. Well, they might have to be from Oklahoma, but if people from Texas get to vote on them, we're not getting our representation. So, so yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we have here. I mean, the basis of the Tea Party is that no taxation without representation. It is not no taxation. It's no taxation without representation. Uh, the battles – now, they may – you know, um, uh, Mark and I have sometimes – we divide over what, where – you know, whether, a ta- whether there should be a certain tax or not. What we are united on is people should have a say-so, and it should be – and not just a say-so, but the people who it affects directly should be the ones that have the say-so. That's absolutely right. And and again, that gets us back to this other thing that we have is, is what, what we started off earlier. Um, there shouldn't be, you know, 12 different voting days a year. There should be four times where people are, you know, or whatever, you know, a limited number where people are used to those being regular voting days. So everybody is aware, hey, this this um you know this millage or or this bond issue is up right now it's it you know it's it's that we get to vote on it the same day we vote for president or whatever instead of some weird day you know in april or some weird day in you know in in july or whatever when when everybody is unaware that there's even a, a vote going on that day and i feel like that's by design and that's why citizens need to be aware and we need to make sure that we're involved enough to know this. And even wonks like us, we don't always know. It's like, oh, wait, are we voting on that today? And that's another thing, too, is splitting, like, when you vote. It's like, okay, some of these people vote today and some people don't. So I don't vote today? It's like, it's it's very confusing. And I don't know how I feel about absentee voting. I know that it should be made available. It should be easier. But for me personally, I like going in and harassing the people at my polling place and actually casting my ballot. Well, the advantage to absentee voting is something we talked about earlier. Um, and, and I know people that do this. There are people that just normally absentee vote. And that way you can have the uh, – and I'm like you. I prefer to go in that day. But right now, for example, the coronavirus or whatever, or, or just people that just you know, don't feel like going out, you can have everything mailed to you, and then that way a, an election doesn't creep up on you. Now, again, I'm like you. I prefer to go in. I mean that's just, that's just what I do. Um, but there are advantages to that. And I do want to say this. I mean the point of absentee voting or voting in general is it should be as easy as possible – as long as we can absolutely verify. I mean, that's the two things we're shooting for. Um, I mean, but it's got to be both. It, it has to be both. And that's why I, I think right now would be very, you know, especially when you're mentioned the, the, um, with, the, um, uh, with, the, with the ID cards, you know, in Indian country, and, and how some of them you mentioned have real ID and all that, this would be a time to push for that, for that Senate bill, you know, before it before they vote on, hey, let's see if we can incorporate this as well as a as a form of ID, and, to, and especially if you can demonstrate that it's more accurate than a you know than a uh, Oklahoma license, a driver's license or something. You have a strong argument there, and this is the time to get something like that put in. Well, this Senate Bill seventeen seventy nine 
came up really fast. I mean, the decision came down one day, and but the next day do. they had it filed. I mean, it's like they were ready to suppress the vote in Oklahoma. Well, like I said, I don't know if they were. If this is pro- my guess is is this. My guess is they probably, you know, they probably were watching what was coming before the Oklahoma State Supreme Court, and were trying to get something prepared ahead of time. What should have happened? What would? What, so again, there's a reason it, it was, you know, that it was fast. I mean, they, somebody was watching to make sure, hey, this may be a problem. We better be ready for this. But. What should have happened was, if they thought this was going to be a problem, which apparently they did, they should have said, hey, the, the, the state Supreme Court's going to, to um, review this. If this happens to get shot down, you know, we, need to, we need to let everybody know that we're, you know, we're planning on action instead of just taking action you know, after the fact. I mean, I don't think there was a plot to – I don't think there was a – and, you know, I, I'm very skeptical, you know, of this, of people in the state government. But I don't think in this case there was a plot to suppress votes. I think what happened was they saw that going before the Supreme Court and were ready to take action. What they probably should have done was is announced ahead of time, this may be problematic. Let's get input, input just in case. Yeah, and it's like I said, I think that the burdens on the state – to make sure that they're not sending out ballots to the wrong people or to people who didn't request them. I mean, that that's solely their responsibility before they even send out that ballot. But now I will say another another act, another person who dropped the ball here was the Supreme Court ruling on this law this close before, you know, before the elections as well. Does that make sense? So if they were going to do this, they should have ruled on this several months ago so that so that we would have had more time to put another you know to to come up with another senate bill that could have been debated before so it's not just so the negligence on this i don't think so much and and, you know i'm not one who defends the oklahoma legislature that much but i don't think the negligence on this case timing wise was on the legislature i think that that's more on the Oklahoma, oklahoma supreme court the timing to shoot this down uh, again i'm not debating whether the law should have been shot down or not what i'm saying is if you were going to shoot it down they should have been shot down a few months earlier so that you know this you know what we're going to replace the law with would have been made known earlier and people would have had more time to think about it well and with covid though we don't know how the docket schedule went they may have tried to hear it a couple of months ago and that's well and, and, and that's right, and if and if they did, still they probably should have waited to shoot it down. I mean, doing something this quickly because you're going to have to have a law to replace it. This is, uh, you know me, I in person, you know how I gripe about the legislature, and I've I've talked about, you know, how legislators vote in, in general. But on this one, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that it is something that they had to they had they had to they're going to have to replace that law as quickly as possible. Gotcha. Um, I mean. But for the law. So, I, I, so I defend them on this, and I am skeptical, you know, of, of legislators in general in this state. But on this one, I've got to give it to them. I mean, that, that's something they, they have to act quickly. There has to be some law in place to verify, or else there's no verification. Um, and so I get that. But I, I do say this would be a great opportunity right now um, for, uh, you know, tribal governments to say, hey, 
can't you recognize ours? And again, it doesn't have to be uniform, uniform there. They could say, well, some tribes don't have very good verification, and some do, but we could accept, you know, if you have this, this, or this, then we could accept those forms. I mean, and that might get, that might also have the other plus of getting uh, tribes who are not as good at verifying uh, in line where they realize they need to step up to the plate and follow the lead of, of the tribes who are forward thinking on this. Well, we're out of time. And as far that's a whole nother conversation. And I do know one thing, the state needs to be more cooperative with our tribes and we haven't enjoyed that kind of relationship. So that's a, t that's a conversation for another time. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are over today. Uh, if you missed this episode, catch up with it wherever you get your podcast. I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Dr. Kevin Crow from the Crow's Nest. Have a great day, everyone.